0: Hello, I'm Lucille. I'm from Colorado in the United States, and I used to be a professional circus performer when I was 14 years old.
1: That's Lucille Glassman from the class of M25. This week, we're diving deep into her story on Humans of Minerva. Welcome to Humans of Minerva, a podcast about all the interesting people at Minerva. I'm Leo, and I'm gonna be your host today And today I'm sitting down with someone very dear to the podcast. I'm here with Lucille, who's one of our editors. Hey, Lucille. Hey, Leo. Let's talk about you being a clown. So what exactly happened there?
0: I wasn't a clown, although I kind of am as a person. But I did aerial silks, which are these fabrics that hang down from the ceiling. Usually, I don't know, like five to seven meters up. And I'd climb up on them and wrap myself and do flips and tricks, total, like, Cirque du Soleil stuff. And I did that for a couple of years and performed with a little circus group in my hometown. Yeah, it was really fun.
1: Wow. No, and I've seen you do this. It's actually... Oh, yeah. And I've tried to do it myself. It's very difficult. And, it's uh, really hard. You do make it look <laughs> very easy.
0: <laughs> it was easier as a kid, too. Now it feels a lot harder.
1: <laughs> and the circus group, was it, like... The rest of everyone else was adults? Oh yeah.
0: And then you were this one little kid I was in there? the youngest by a long shot. Everyone was in their 20s or 30s. I was like, yeah, hmm. 11 to 14 or 15 I was doing this. And so I was always the one that would get like thrown around or hang off of people. It was really fun to be the little kid in a circus troupe.
1: Wow. Okay, how did that happen then? And-
0: I saw a performance in Denver at the like Denver Arts Festival one year. And I thought it was really fun. And my mom found a studio where we live and signed me up for some lessons and I just kept doing it and got better and better and pursued it for a really long time I actually my first time in San Francisco I was there going to a circus camp for a week and I stayed with a like host family in San Francisco and (laughs) went and did like trampoline and flexibility that was I think one unfulfilled life path that I have is I totally wanted to go into Cirque du Soleil and be like a professional traveling (laughs) circus performer (laughs) things didn't really pan out that way but it was really fun while I had it
1: well then why didn't they pan out
0: I went into high school and I started running cross-country which I loved and then I swam um, and then COVID happened and I kind of stopped going altogether
1: like, I just, I just want to know, what was the culture like being a little kid relative to everyone else in a circus? Especially, maybe I'm making, like, generalizations about being in a circus, but...
0: <laughs> I mean, where I live in Colorado, like, everybody is very, like, it's a pretty open and inclusive and, like, wanting to challenge each other. And I was always kind of an old soul, I feel like. Like, most of my childhood, or not childhood, but teenage years... I tended to like hanging out with older people more or just felt more at peace when I was like hanging out and chatting with adults. So yeah, being in the circus group, it was just fun for me because I felt like I had kind of found my people and I didn't didn't really feel the super large age difference there. It just felt kind of natural for me to be Mm. performing with them. Yeah.
1: Okay, before we jump into high school, I want to go back to sort of your childhood and where you grew up and what this means to you. So you've grown up in Fort Collins, Colorado. Tell me about that and what Fort Collins means to you. and What do you associate with it?
0: I really, I've come to love it a lot and I feel like I know it so well now, especially after traveling and coming home. It just feels very me, I guess. Everybody in Fort Collins bikes. Like there's bike racks in front of every restaurant. Anywhere you go, there's a bike rack or at least some post to lock bikes to. There's a lot of breweries. My mom worked at New Belgium Brewery for a very long time, most of my childhood. And so I spent my young years like running around this big brewery and seeing the beer factory and the conveyor belts. And the culture of New Belgium was bikes. Like bikes and beer was their thing. And there's this parade called Tour de Fat. And it felt like everyone in the city, which is not true, but hundreds and hundreds of people dress up like Halloween, like in (laughs) costumes and crazy attire and get on like bikes or scooters or tandem bikes or unicycles. And we do a parade around the city. So everybody's on these crazy costumes and bikes riding around. And then there's like, um, it usually ends at some sort of little festival with live music and performances and food and beer, obviously. So yeah, just the culture of kind of silly, goofy people riding around. I feel like I encompass that a lot. And Fort Collins is right at the base of the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. So I was always very close to nature and going on hikes and skiing and, you know, all of the activities you would associate with Colorado, I've probably done.
1: So that's also to say that if people have some stereotypes or Assumptions about people from Colorado, they're probably true. Yeah, and I in probably
0: fit most of them, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so then, I don't know, reflecting back on it now, do you think there are many significant events that happened to you, or something that you signed up, or some people that came into your life that really shaped who you are now?
0: Yeah, so when I was in elementary school, I guess I was about eight years old, and I have a younger brother who I'm super close with. His name's Grady and he would have been five at the time, but our parents got a divorce, and our dad moved back to his like college town on the other side of the state. So then he was seven hours away, and we didn't see him all that much. So it was kind of hard growing up and being you know, a child of divorced parents as it usually is. Really challenging a lot of like really negative things, but overall I think it, the challenges I faced, I was able to turn into life lessons in a way, I guess. Like I'm, Mm. I'm proud of the person I am now, even going through all of that. And I, my mom got remarried to my stepdad, Todd, and he is just an amazing man and has totally shaped my life and the way I do things and the way I think about things. And we have a lot in common. So yeah, I mean, a lot of challenges, I would say in like middle school, high school years, obviously everything wasn't perfect, but I was lucky to have very supportive people around me, I'd say.
1: I guess that would be one less positive thing. Yeah. Do you maybe have something that you're very happy happen to you and change your life?
0: Yeah, I would say... And I mean, even the probably like negative challenging parts of life, like even though they do really suck, I see a lot of value in them. Like You can't have like the highs of your life without the lows. So I'm really thankful for all of it. Mm. And I'd say I was also kind of a little bit of a loner, like middle school, high school years. I s- did spend a lot of time alone, but I ended up finding my closest friends, Evan and Lila. They both climb and we kind of built our friendship around climbing. But we met, I think my sophomore year of high school. And they're still my closest friends. So that was definitely a very positive change in my life.
1: Yeah. And I know climbing is also a big part of your life. I think a lot of people at Minerva sort of associate you with the climbing girl (laughs) and the outdoors and (laughs) adventure, all this stuff. So you said you got into climbing during COVID after you sort of start doing aerial stuff. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that happened in what it's blossoming
0: to know. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, lockdown of 2020, my friend Evan, he and I started climbing a ton and we went, like, up into areas in northern Colorado, climbing up into the Rocky Mountains, up in Wyoming, and that's when I really got into it because it was a really easy way to be outside, away from people. We could kind of go wherever and do whatever we want because it was just the two of us or maybe a smaller Mm -hmm. group. And I started to love climbing because I got to be outside, which anything outside, I will enjoy doing. And then you kind of get into like a meditative flow state when you're playing sports or painting or making music and you find that flow. It's just so fulfilling. And I found that when I was climbing, even when it was scary and I, you know, there's a lot of challenges with it too, but overall it was really, really fun. And I think one of my fondest memories I have is when I went camping with my friends in Wyoming in Vedavu, which is like this renowned trad climbing mecca. And trad climbing is when you're placing your own gear. Essentially,
1: okay. it just means you're like finding some random rock, and it has nothing on it. It's just a rock. Yeah. And you're just going up at yourself and yeah. sort of hoping that
0: that you can find <laughs> you places won't fall to place your gear. All the way down. Yeah. So I did a little bit of that. There are guidebooks that are like, there's no gear in the rock. Here's the line you follow. Mm. So then one night when we were camping in this place, my friend Evan and our other close friend Lila, we went and did three pitches in the dark. We left our campsite at probably 9 or 10 p.m., hiked out. It was completely dark. I mean, we're in the middle of Wyoming next to like an interstate and there's nothing else around. And we climb and all you see in front of you is just the rock that you've lit up with your headlamp, <laughs> and above is the stars, and below is just like abyss of darkness. So it's just us and our lights on the rock for, I don't know how long it took us to climb that thing. At least 45 minutes to an hour, and then go all the way back down. But mm. that's like one of those pure, beautiful, fun moments of my life that I'll remember forever. And I guess that's kind of why I climbed too, is to reach that state.
1: Mm. Do you remember what you were thinking during those 45 minutes an hour?
0: Oh my God. I was, I mean, I was scared. I will say I was totally scared. It was kind of (laughs) like uh, wind scares me so bad because uh, there's the wind isn't really going to do anything, but just the sound of it, Mm -hmm. just, uh, you know, like when you're climbing and it's dark out and all of a sudden it's like windy really catches you off guard. And it was kind of windy (laughs) that night. So I was really scared. I The climb that we did was really easy, and Evan is, like, a total professional, and I trust him with my life, even though we've had some close calls. But I was like, everything will be fine. <laughs> I wasn't really thinking that much. I guess I was probably just thinking, like, this is really cool.
1: <laughs> and on this note of, like, fear around climbing, I've done some climbing with you.
0: Yeah, you crushed
1: it. We were outside, and the first wall I went up, was like, Jesus Christ. Christ this is so scary <laughs> because basically we were just in it was just found it's like a cliff and it's like okay now go up it and it's like okay I can put my foot there and my hand there and then suddenly you're like 50 meters off the ground and you're like what the you fuck? never
0: made it 50 meters um, <laughs> maybe you felt well, like it, <laughs> it
1: seemed very high to me okay the rock
0: wasn't that it seemed high very but high. it was yeah it's scary
1: yeah is, was that ever a challenge for you and like
0: the height no but the fear of falling. Yes. I can look at the ground and be like, yeah, whatever. But leading, which you got a little taste of, is when you're climbing to different points in the rock and you have to clip your rope in as you go up. And so if you're far away from the last place that you place your rope and you fall, then you're falling down to that point and below it because of the extra rope. So that Mm. part of climbing is scary to me because I've taken a couple falls that have really hurt and... It's just scary, you know? Like the falling is scary, but the climbing for me, not too scary. Yeah,
1: and so there's a real sense of danger there and like very real, you know, if you're not careful about it, you can, uh, Mm
0: -hmm. but that doesn't
1: stop you from climbing.
0: No, because I guess I'm a little bit of an adrenaline junkie, as some might say. But climbing really, it's more just about like, knowing what you're doing. As long as you know how you're clipped in, what the safety measures are, If you fall, you're gonna catch yourself in this way. It's more about the just being experienced and knowing your level. Like it's completely safe Mm. if you're really aware of all those things. But sometimes people don't have that level of self awareness or knowledge about what they're doing. And that's when the accidents can happen. But
1: Yeah. I feel like if you're almost not overthinking, then Yeah. You should be very worried because (laughs) Exactly. Almost everything we've talked about is sort of outdoors moving and what were academics like for you and like are there other parts of your life that are also very important to you
0: yeah one thing i think shaped my life and probably is what got me into minerva was my high school it had literally just opened it was a charter school you know like the whole project based learning They were all about getting people internships and then you get your high school credit through like projects you do with internships or community interactions, whatever, which was amazing. Uh,
1: Hmm. What's it called?
0: Compass Community Collaborative School. (laughs) It is quite the (laughs) mouthful, but yeah, so I went there and loved it because I got to explore all of the things that I love. Now, now I'm going back to outdoors things. I got an internship with a wetland restoration company and did projects with them and got credit for learning about plants and ecology and ecosystems and stuff. But I also was able to take like some college classes, like concurrent enrollment classes through this school and took mm. a lot of like writing and composition classes. And I absolutely love to write. I have more journals than I can count. I have journals for different categories. Like I have a dream journal and a regular journal and one for sketching. But writing was always really, really fun for me, which is what I'm majoring now in at Minerva in the arts and literature track. I did really want to study like environmental sciences and go into that field. But I realized that the super sciency aspect is not something I'm really into. All the research papers and all the jargon It's just not for me. I want to write about plants and I want to like illustrate how they look with my words and not have to learn all the different like chemicals.
1: And I also know that you graduated a year early from high school.
0: Yeah, I think I turned 17 a week before I graduated high school. Cause it was, I mean, COVID happened, right? And then school was online. And I was in IB, International Baccalaureate, basically my entire childhood. And I'd always done really well in it and then went to this other school. So I had a lot of high school credits and then did the college classes. So I realized I was actually able to graduate early. And I was like, you know, if school's going to be on Zoom for the rest of my high school. And I really wanted to take a gap year and go explore. And then ironically, I ended up at an online school (laughs) after graduating (laughs) early to get away from online school.
1: And then... I mean, just now you were talking about how you want to do lots of writing and you want to talk about plants and this environmental (laughs) stuff. But then what might be more traditionally associated with academia Mm. is not necessarily for you. But I guess there's still this very clear decision that you want to go to college and you want to get this for your degree and do these academia things.
0: I've always Mm. loved learning. I find everything everything really interesting. And I'm a very just curious person in general. So I'd say for me, like being in school and university while I'm not maybe studying exactly what I wanted to, all the other schools I applied to were super obviously outdoorsy. But yeah, just the like satisfaction of (laughs) learning something I'm curious about is what I often search for. And I think I'll continue to search for that in the rest of my life, even outside of school. But I'm glad that I've gotten the tools, I guess, to kind of go about research in a different way. And, I mean, I've had to read a bunch of research papers. So now I think I'm able to approach research in a way that I wouldn't have been able to.
1: This is a very broad question, but do you have like a life philosophy or what are you spending your time here on this earth
0: doing? (laughs) What a great way to put it. I guess it's kind of a philosophy, but I guess based on all the things I just said and my curiosity for learning, I mean, the human experience in itself is such an anomaly and a rarity and something that just blows my mind. Like, how are we here? We're able to experience this world. We've created things. Like, we are gods on this planet in a way. With Making planes, making Bluetooth. Like, how how did we do that? That's just (laughs) crazy to me. So all of these things, I guess, to me add up to wanting to experience as much as I can, given the short amount of time Mm. that we're here for. I mean, we never know how long we're going to live. And I want to fill my life with as many amazing experiences as I can. And while that's very idealistic, I think it's a nice goal to have. Like, I The reason why I climb and I find so much satisfaction in like the outdoors is because I feel like I'm pushing my physical body in a way that I'm learning kind of Mm. the limits of myself or, you know, jumping in some cold, like river water. You feel the sense of being so alive. So doing the challenging things I think is Mm. really rewarding. And I like that a lot and like exploring our consciousness too. Like what a crazy thing, meditation and breath work. They're all things that lead to other dimensions, honestly, and just inspires me to Hmm. learn even more. So, yeah, my life philosophy is to experience as much as I can while I'm here.
1: Yeah. You talk about how humans have created all this Mm -hmm. stuff, and that's how amazing that is. But I think from what you just said, it feels like it's almost... Just trying to experience what already exists. Mm. You could spend your whole life learning about the intricacies of a computer. Mm-hmm. But then you look outside and then you see a mountain. And it's like, that's equally, if not like 10, 20, 100 times more complex than a computer. And it's like, it's amazing that we can make things like this. But also nature is amazing. And I think, yeah. I, I feel like what you just said is a very much an appreciation of, of the world. All of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I, I know I'll never know, I'll never know everything about trees and I'll never know everything about how a computer works, but just to be able to have a little pieces of knowledge of all of this stuff is more, more satisfying to me than like knowing something mm. in totality. I mean, cause you can't mm. really know anything a hundred percent, but yeah, everything is cool. <laughs>
1: Hmm. and there's a huge part of me that's like I want to explore as much as I can I want to experience all this stuff but I feel like my conclusion out of it has been more that I want to interact with it mm-hmm. and I want to create things and I want to sort of the world is so complex and I want to change that complexity and be a part of it Yeah. and so it's very interesting to see that I think your perspective on it is a little bit different than I had thought of, that's
0: actually kind of mind blowing. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that I am able to, am I able to change the complexity? I am.
1: Of course mm. you are. You, you're very much a part of it.
0: Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. And I guess I just haven't found how I want to do that yet, or it's intimidating. One of my other kind of life philosophies is that I want to leave as little impact Mm. as in like material items and uh, maybe emissions with all this plane travel, doubtful. But the way that our planet is headed with climate change and consumption and emissions and all that really scares me and makes me feel like we're doing a really great disservice to this amazing place we get to live. And so I guess that's kind of why maybe I haven't really thought about trying to change things or leave my impact is that I kind of feel a sense of guilt of like how much we've taken from the earth. And so I want to be able Mm. to return all that. I want to just work on farms. I want to, yeah, do like research on plants and animals and figure out how we can kind of start to restore the things that we took too much of, which I think I gained a lot from listening to a lot of Native American speakers and reading books. Like one of my favorite books is Braiding Sweetgrass. I think everybody should read it. It provides a great insight on how much we give and how much we take that I find really important. So I guess these kind of things have held me back from maybe wondering or pursuing things that I want to do just because I feel like I should be giving back in a way.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna, I'll just ask you very broadly, but what do you see in your future and What kind of job do you think you'll have in...
0: I mean, because quite honestly, after (laughs) Minerva, I see myself working on farms, picking up odd jobs, like just kind of being a little helper. Yeah, farming is a great thing. And I want to be able to kind of travel around and camp and climb and spend time with people. And I guess doing whatever work I find fulfilling. Right now, I honestly don't know what that is, but... That's the direction I want to go. So I don't have any job in mind, but as long as I feel good doing something, I'll probably do it and have a good conscience about whatever impact it has, I hope. <laughs> this summer, I took a job where I'll be setting up wildlife cameras to track mammalian species and kind of their relationship with the seeds produced by trees. And I find that interesting, and it's helping out a research student, and I get paid to be outside, so... I guess some jobs like that.
1: I think it's also interesting that you said that you want to be a little helper. <laughs> yeah. And I really love that. Partly because I think a lot of the people at Minerva and sort of this culture that we've built is like, I want to be a change maker. I want to be the one starting all these big projects yeah. and doing these huge initiatives. But you're just like, very happy to help out where I can. Yeah.
0: And after after my years as a circus performer you know being the center of the show I've learned to step back a little bit
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'll ask one last one because I know you said you're not really sure what it is you'll do but I'm sure you have some idea and like what are what are some things that you feel very passionate about right
0: now one of the things that I just listened to a podcast about it yesterday, actually, is like the fungal networks that connect trees and how trees can communicate through mycelium. Mm. Fungus and mushrooms have always fascinated me and how they're able to like break down plastics and oil. So I think any area that goes into maybe research or projects about whether it be mushrooms or other plants to kind of, yeah, break down carbon or oil or plastics or make alternatives that are compostable. Things like that I think are really interesting and will have a really big impact on humans' consumerism. And also I think outdoor education. Like I see myself wanting to be a raft guide or a climbing guide. Getting people to see the outdoors through new eyes or maybe through my eyes in a way of like how fascinating it is and how lucky we are to get to live here and experience these things. So, I'm sure I'll kind of go in both of those directions. Hmm. Yeah.
1: To close off the episode, let's do a quicker, fast-fire round of questions. I know you were talking about Tyler, the creator, earlier. <laughs> do you have some favorite artists or just people you want to recommend to the world?
0: Say, so, there's also Tyler Childers, who's this country singer, Rising Appalachia, some girls that do beautiful melodies from the appalachian mountains in the states and oh midnight gospel the tv show midnight gospel on netflix with duncan trussell is my favorite show in the entire world and everybody should watch it it's like deep conversations over crazy animations and it's wonderful
1: do you also want to give some book recommendations if you have those
0: oh i've got a whole list braiding sweetgrass for the native american wisdom The Overstory, which is about trees, Monkey Wrench Gang, Dharma Bums, Call of the Wild. What am I reading right now? I just started this book called Hippie, and it's about this guy who gets on a bus in Amsterdam and takes it all the way to Nepal in like the 1970s. Oh. And that's really cool too. I
1: I really loved what you were saying earlier about like just living life and doing what makes you happy. If you could tell everyone one piece of wisdom, just a little thing that you think would make people's lives better, can be as simple or complex as you want, Mm -hmm. what would you tell everyone?
0: I think experience as much as you can. Also, there's a little piece of yourself in everyone else, no matter how different you think you are from them.
1: To close off, if you had to pick one word to describe where you are in life right now. Or how you feel about your current life. What would you say?
0: I feel kind of in a limbo between like life feels like it's moving really fast. But also I'm, I'm trying to slow down and observe everything. I'd say possibilities. Yeah.
1: Thank you for coming on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful time editing this. and I think it's a pleasure talking and makes me want to go outside and go experience more.
0: Amen. Everybody, after you listen to this episode, go outside. Or I hope you go on a walk while you listen to this.
1: Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and automatically get notified about new episodes on Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at humansofminerva.podcast for the latest updates and announcements. Finally, special thanks to Lucille for editing this episode. Thanks for listening to Humans Minerva.